Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Traders of Money, where we dive into all aspects of trading and the beautiful people behind what we're doing. Today, I'm very, very excited to introduce you to David Brewer. David, how are you doing today? I'm on top of the world, thank you. It is outstanding to hear. Now, David, I we met in a portfolio analyst meeting through the Fivers. Uh, you wanted a little bit more information about your trading account, and I found your story so incredibly inspiring, and it got my curiosity through the roof to learn more. You are 78 years old, and you are trading with the ambition to fund a charity. That is outstanding. How did this come about? Let, let's run us through who David Brewer is and how we came to meet. Well, if I may be allowed to make a slight correction, um, Mm -hmm. I'm 78 years young, not 78 (laughs) years old. Apologies. (laughs) I'm planning the next 42 years. Um, I expect to live to 120. Fantastic. And... uh, I want to do all the good I can whilst I can. And that is uh, uh, my object in in life, is to try and help people uh, to have a good life. Why? I've got to ask, where has this come from? Where is this passion and this humility, the, the, the humanity, where has this come from? Well, I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, I just don't want to ram it down anybody's throat, the fact that Mm -hmm. I'm a Christian, Mm -hmm. um, which when I was nine years old, I realized that I was born in sin and that I needed a savior. And the way to do that was to repent of my sin and to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. By accepting him, I yield my life, and he lives his life through me. So it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me, to quote a, a well-known Bible verse. And um, he is the one that gives me total satisfaction, He gives me total peace in life because I know my sins are forgiven. I have no guilt complex. And I've heard people um, say before today that they have always had a love for money. I have never had a love for money. I've always had a love for people. That's fantastic. And my love for people sometimes requires money. And um, that will bring us at some point um, to the fibers and to trading. But I don't love money. I've never loved money. Um, I just have a love for people and what I need uh, to reach those people. Outstanding. Outstanding. You, you couldn't have a better motivation. 
Um, so, so, so talk me through it. You, you're nine years old. You've, you've committed yourself to Christ. Where did you go with your career? How did your life unfold after that? Um, it was suddenly changed. I, I, I was, I was just brought up on a farm, mm-hmm. a farmer's son. I left school at fifteen years old, and worked non-stop for fifty years. That that basically was life in a nutshell. Um, that schooling was uh, an essential necessity by the government. Um, putting it bluntly, um, <laughs> my father thought that children were born. Um, to run the farm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, as soon as I came home from school, um, I would be straight into my work clothes uh, and uh, putting the milk in the bottles, uh, milking the cows, etc. And I would, um, I never thought anything about it. I had no resentment. Um, that was life. And that's how farmers lived their life in the 1940s and 50s. And uh, so it wasn't a case of um, I had to do it. It was the the norm. Yeah, yeah. And and you just, well, it just fitted like a slipper, really. You just, you just fitted straight in there and you knew that, well, it was the normal. It's it's the way life is and and you paddled on as life should. Yeah, now my, I had two brothers, both of them older than myself. My eldest brother was, um, whilst he was a good farmer, he was a true entrepreneur. And um, he was um, maybe seven years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And so when I left school at 15, he was 22. Or, or thereabouts, um, he um, wasn't needed on the farm when I came or we would be overstaffed. And so he had begun um, animal feed manufacturing business in the stable of the farm. Uh, and it had grown so rapidly um, that... Um, by the time I was 20, um, he had a turnover of quarter of a million, which doesn't sound much today, Mm. but in 1960, it was quite a sum. Mm -hmm. And he had two depots as well as the manufacturing place, um, two in Lancashire and one in Cumbria. And uh, one night he'd been to a meeting. Um, He'd been taking part in this church meeting. And on his way home, um, he met a truck at the wrong side of the road that wiped out his life. And so at the age of 21... I was automatically just thrown into uh, taking over this business without any warning. Uh, And that turned my life upside down and changed it dramatically. 
as I can imagine, I'm I'm terribly sorry for your loss, and I can imagine the the element of grief, but also that element of responsibility that all of a sudden was bestowed on you. How how did you go about that? How did you you manage to take control of this business and uh, was it a success did you manage to keep it going um yes um to quote a phrase that my father often used it was pull your socks up and be a man and so (laughs) i had to do that overnight literally Mm -hmm. uh, and just uh, be the person that it needed me to be. Um, I learned a lot at the family expense, um, but it also gave me a great uh, sense of responsibility to the family because it wasn't just anybody's business. It was a family business. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Uh, I'm I'm thoroughly grasped in your life right now david i i'm well and truly i can picture everything i can see everything <clears throat> carry on for me where, where do we lead after this how long w- did you run that business for your career uh, how long until you moved on how did that go um i ran it for uh, approximately six or seven years uh, yeah. and times were changing Um, rapidly changing uh, where the farmers uh, didn't use as much animal feed um, and the small farms were being taken over by the large farmers um, and so there wasn't the same requirement for as many see in in the city that I belonged to um, when I was running the business uh, you know, in the 1960s, there were, I think there was 14 different animal feed um, retailers going around the farmers. And now there isn't one <laughs> in the city. You know, they're traveling from Yorkshire, they're traveling from Staffordshire, um, because of the motorway network, the world is a smaller place. And so things changed very rapidly. Um, as, as I've heard a lot of people say, that in this um, last um, 80 years, there have been more changes to uh, civilization than in the previous 500 years. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yes, so back to your question was about eight years. Uh, And when we chose to wind down uh, and to uh, sell the business, um, I felt unnecessary at the time. I felt that my whole life had fulfilled its purpose and there I was at at only 30 years of age Uh, what do I do because I hadn't been to university I hadn't been to a college I hadn't uh, um, 
followed any other career other than what I'd been sucked into. And uh, so that caused me to uh, seek several lines of uh, opportunity. Because I'd been brought up on a farm, I had an instinct for self-employment to mm-hmm. be my own boss, to be uh, not because I didn't want to take orders, not at all. Um, it, it was just the way life had always been. I'd never known any other life uh, than make my own decisions and carry my own can um, if something didn't go right, then the book stops here. And, you know, that was the ethos that we came through um, that was mixed with a good sense of Christian belief mm-hmm. that there was true integrity and there was fulfilment of all biblical principles. And so that you know, um, the Bible says, give a just weight, you know. So in the animal feed business, we gave a just weight. And we couldn't go too much over the top or else they said that um, we were breaching the Trades Descriptions Act, <laughs> you know, by mm-hmm. saying this is a hundred weight. If you put an extra 10 pounds in, then it wasn't a hundred weight. <laughs> but... You know, we always had to make sure that we, we did. You see, my mother was a Methodist lay preacher. I don't know whether you've heard of the Methodists. I have not, no. No, um, non-conformist denomination. Um, and my mother, mother was a Methodist lay preacher. So we were very much see, uh, steeped in um, church life. And uh, we did a lot of work in the church um, because that was life and and Mm -hmm. we enjoyed it. Uh, And as I said before, you know, we we knew that we had life, uh, a life worth living. And you see, my belief... And everybody is entitled to a belief, but that also gives me the entitlement to have my belief. And my belief is that life is only a dressing room for eternity. And you need to, in this 100 years or 120 years that you live, is a very short period to prepare for an eternity. So we decide, you know, we have a rest reserved that will last for a thousand times a thousand years and a thousand Mm -hmm. times more. And we will have plenty of rest. We will have plenty of time. um, But we need to prepare because we can't, change the route after we have ceased to live. Fantastic. 
Fantastic. So, so run me through it. I mean, 40 years later, almost 40 years later, where does Forex trading all of a sudden take place? Where, where did this pop up? Um, it came about by um, when I came to 65 and drew the um, pension from the government, um, I was then, I, I asked if I could work on, um, but my boss said, no, um, it's our one way of cutting down on staff by uh, not making anyone redundant, but uh, mm-hmm. by compulsory uh, retirement. And so I thought, right, well, I have to make uh, use of this time I have um, because I didn't want to um, just rot away or mm-hmm. rust away. I wanted to do something that was constructive. And so um, being a preacher in the church, um, I chose, um, I'll rephrase that, I was invited to go to Africa. And uh, um, I went roughly twice a year um, for three or four weeks to different churches doing Bible teaching. Mm-hmm. And I, I could never um, satisfy them. Um, you see, Great Britain is a prosperous country, although there's a lot of complaints, there's a lot of people always being negative. It, it's very prosperous and um, people have their 2.3 children, their two cars in the drive, you know, um, their um, two wages, etc. And they're totally satisfied. If you go to Africa, they have to walk maybe for two miles to get water from the stream that the cows have done the wee in. And then carry it home, they drink it and end up with typhoid. Mm-hmm. That is basically life. There is no option because they need, um, they would dehydrate if they didn't uh, drink. And uh, as I was um, delivering these uh, Bible teaching to these different churches, I saw this need and I saw myself coming home, turning on the faucet or the tap, getting clean water and drinking. And there was no comparison. I I thought, how can I enjoy such luxury when they have no say in the matter, they have no option, but they have to go and get dirty water from a stream carry it home and probably end up ill uh, because they've, there's insects and, and, and whatever in it. And so I said, I can continue to uh, do Bible teaching. 
as and when required, but why not um, drill holes and put a well, uh, a pump on the top of the borehole and the people can just come to a hole, uh, pump the water and get clean water out of the ground instead mm -hmm. of out of a stream. And so that was where the need came for money because, uh, as I said earlier, I don't love money, I love people. But to do what my heart's desire is for the people, I need money. And this led me um, to market trading. Um, I'd had a, a conversation on this subject for some time with a, a close friend of mine who is an archbishop. And uh, we had both um, looked into the possibility of uh, trading. Uh, and I've, prob I've probably had about two years of playing about mm -hmm. with uh, practice, um, sometimes um, real account, live accounts, and sometimes with uh, uh, demo accounts. Um, Was but, there ever a time over your career that you'd you'd done investing obviously you were thrown into a couple of different scenarios uh instantly and and had to wear the slipper um but was there ever a time throughout your career in your 30s 40s even your 50s where you looked into the stock market or even as we you've you've lived through some of the great crashes have you ever thought about investing during different times of downfall or has it ever been on your radar or are you just never really looked at it yes um yes and no really because um i thought it was a good idea to invest um at that point i didn't think um of investing in the stock market mm -hmm. uh, i thought i would put it in property and so um I went over to East Lancashire where property was cheaper, where there, uh, the mill towns and the mills had gone. Uh, and uh, uh, so there was quite a lot of unemployment. There was cheaper property. I bought two terraced houses for £4,500 each. Um, so for £9,000, I had two terraced houses which gave me a 33% return on capital investment. Well done. And in three years' time, they paid. They were paid for. And so I decided to sell them. I put them through a property auction and they gave me 300% return on capital investment. Although they've been paid for. Uh, and that was how... And I slowly went up to nine properties. And when I got to, uh, that was alongside of doing a full-time job. Uh, I mostly worked a 100-hour week. Um, why people think that they should only 
do a 35-hour week, I have no idea. <laughs> I was brought up with six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. <laughs> and the seventh is the Sabbath unto the Lord. You see, it came from my upbringing. And, but yes, I was foolish in working 100 hours a week. Um, but life was short and it was a case of why leave till tomorrow what you can do today that was my principle today everybody thinks well why do today if you can leave it till tomorrow and yeah. a lot depends on the philosophy that you have been trained in as to whether or not you follow different principles I love that. I love that. And that is such a beautiful quote as well. And it's something so simple yet so powerful, which which so many people listening to this can just take and, and use as motivation to push forward in, in whatever it is you're attempting to do, whatever wherever life is taking you, that aspect of life is not forever. It is short. And there is no point leaving something that needs to be done or can be done now till tomorrow and uh especially falls true when you're when you're working so hard to become a successful trader as well so once you've you've acknowledged that you need money uh to fund the charity uh to to deliver fresh water across africa and you've decided market trading was where you wanted to go how did you begin to get involved How did I begin to get involved? Um, do you mean involved in the in project? Trading. Like, how did you begin to learn the intricacies of trading? Of trading, right? My, um, I suppose through the Archbishop, our discussions and our um, dabbling um, with. Um, demo accounts and realising that the potential was there mm -hmm. and it was how do we um, learn to do this thing because I have never believed that it was easy money, get rich quick um, you can get rich but you need to serve your time to it just like uh, any other job, you know, if if you were a, a doctor or I'll not name any more <laughs> occupations, but there are those occupations where they are um, quite well off, mm. and um, but they have to serve their time to it. They have to go to university. They have to learn and. Uh, um, go grow up the ladder to uh, get um, advancement, and I realised that the same came about with trading. That I needed to learn it, and um, when I um, retired from manual work, I. Um, I suppose 
I, I, I gave away most of my investments um, to the church, um, not because they asked me to, but because I saw a need. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would do good work. And so my um, investments and my um, um, well, what what I had inherited, my inheritance, um, has largely gone into helping people who need uh, a present need rather than for a future day. Who knows if we will see 20 years' time. So I don't want to die and have on my tombstone the richest man in the graveyard Mm. because it will be no use to me. And my children have grown their own businesses. They're more successful than I am. And um, I I don't have to take care of my children. Um, Whilst anything that I have, the house I live in, would would go to my children. Um, I am not living to see how rich I can be, to be richer than the person next door. You know, if he wants to get a new car, that's fine with me, if I can manage with a second-hand car, and etc. So, um, I, I just, I saw the need to learn something that I thought I could do um, without a lot of manual work because mm-hmm. I don't feel capable of doing a hundred hour week at the moment. <laughs> I dare <And> say. <laughs> so, you know, you have to accept limitations. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm healthy. Um, God has healed me of several diseases he's done several miracles in my life and i put the credit down to god um, because some of the things were incurable Mm -hmm. Um, and i've got good health i walk two miles a day um, and things like that and i i don't have a pain in my body anywhere at 78 and i give all the credit to god because my health is in him. Do you still have a pain in your body while you trade? Because <laughs> we know what trading can get like. Um, I have gone largely through, I'll not say I'm all the way through, I've gone mm-hmm. largely through the uh, process. Um, trading in the zone has been a great help to me. Mark Douglas. Uh, Mark Douglas. Um, and books like that. I've worked on these things. Um, and um, my um, my system needs more working on. But, no, the, the pain um, 
it's certainly a lot less when I use uh, tra uh, trading accounts that are provided. That tends to help. That definitely tends to help when you can reduce your risk and trade with a little bit more freedom, a little bit less worry. Uh, I do see a, a very positive return rate from uh, from a lot of beginners when they can distance themselves from that monetary value. Has the experience of learning to trade uh, currencies, which is which is where you're specializing right now, has the journey to do that and to do it with the motivational backing of charity, has it changed your perception on anything in life? Has it made you wonder whether you should have got into it earlier? Has it pushed you to think a little bit differently or, or learn something new? Um, I can't say I've ever felt that I should have done it sooner, no. Mm. Um, it has put in me a burning desire to uh, be successful because of the great need that I see in Africa. Africa's not the only place, but it's where I have many, many contacts. And when I see so much of their time and effort and their health going down the drain, as it were, um, you know, I just feel that I cannot be too successful because the need is greater than any success I can get. It, put it this way. If 20 people said to me today, I'll give you £1,000 into your charity. I, I have a registered charity so that mm -hmm. you know I, I don't have access to the money other than for charitable purposes. If they said, I will give you £1,000, what will you do with it? That would mean £20,000 would buy a drilling rig and it would buy a mortar to pull the drilling rig and I could drill a well at least once every three weeks. So that's, what, uh, 30, 30 wells a year? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know... A hundred families could drink from each well. And that is just through 20 people contributing now. So what if I was more successful and I uh, was able to accumulate £20,000 next month, I could do another one. Um, mm -hmm. There are many people in Kenya, in Tanzania, in Uganda, now that are saying, when are you coming to drill a well? <laughs> well, if, if I start with a, uh, a drilling rig in Kenya, he's not going to drive all the way to Uganda to drill a, a rig for them. It, we need to get a rig going there and we need to get a drilling rig going in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
it's limitless is the potential that we can help these people. I know, I know that, you know, some people would say, look, look at the political state of these countries, um, that the, the presidents or, or the government are siphoning. I can't change that. But if I buy a rig and drill a hole, I can change the life of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's all right people saying, no, I'm not going to give anything uh, into Africa because just look at the state they're in, you know, they, they've made their own bed, they can lie in it. You know, the people didn't ask to be born there. <laughs> you know, you didn't ask to be born um, probably in Staffordshire, uh, in England anyway, in England. It was um, actually not far from Staffordshire. <laughs> <coughs> you, you understand what I'm saying, though, mm. that I know that I know that things are not right. But actually, I, I'm not boasting, and I hope it doesn't sound like I am, I have an invitation, an open invitation to meet with the president of Kenya when I go over. I cancelled the last appointment because I couldn't afford the airfare. Mm. So that is another reason that gives me a greater urge to be successful trading and then I can go and get some airfares because they've doubled in 12 months of the airfares. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. With COVID nineteen, airfares definitely haven't uh, haven't gone cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that that's what motivates me to be successful. Fantastic. If you were chatting to someone now, someone impressionable who was just about to embark on the journey of trading, what would you what would you tell them? How would you prepare them for the journey they're about to embark on? Um, I would tell them to be very selective in the videos they watch because there are a lot of uh, videos that say, I learned to trade in three days and look, I've made... um, 75,000 this month um, they didn't learn in three days you know they just like the presentation uh, and the platform (laughs) to make videos Mm -hmm. and so I would tell them that in the first place to be very selective and secondly I would say that they have to accept that trading comes slowly and you have to work at it Um, mostly in the psychology because we are wired in a way that um, we live by feeling and if we allow trading to affect our feelings Um, we will just blow it 
instead of we have to live in the trading realm by the principles that we are have adapted to um, run our, our system of trading. Fantastic. David, this has been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I want to say a big thank you from myself, from everyone at Trade Delicious, and also to everyone listening for taking the time out of your day to share with us your story, your ups, your downs, and really your ambition. What was the website to your charity? It is davidbrewerministries.uk. Fantastic. Everyone listening at home or you're watching this on YouTube, it will be in the description below. If you guys want to go out and check out the wonderful work that David is doing over in Africa, head down to the description. David, thank you very much for joining us here at Traders of Money. Thank you and God bless you.